All right, 120 days. Thanks, Scott Shannon. Welcome aboard. Glad you're with us. And 29 days to live free or America dies. I mean, the definitive book on what is at stake. And I am telling you, when you look at the, the, the chapter that we have written on the failures of socialism and you compare it to the agenda of the 2020 Democrats, if they ever win in 120 days, this country will be unrecognizable. And, and the founding principles of which make and have made and make America the greatest country God gave man, that's in there, too. The mob and the media, the Democrats, what they have dragged this country through. We'll get to all of that today. Anyway, that'll be 29 days from now, Hannity.com. Uh, I am going to lay out why the Democrats have no standing on all of this monument discussion, those that want to sandblast Mount Rushmore. Etc. Etc. We'll get to that today. Uh, the president's speeches this weekend, his Fourth of July celebration at the White House, that was on Saturday, Friday night. He had the Mount Rushmore speech, which was unbelievable. And there's a there's a lot of comparing and contrasting that we're going to get through in the next 120 days. And America's choice, really, frankly, has never been and will never be this clear. Ever again, it's that it is that severe. There, the left's agenda is that radical, and President Trump clearly is the president that loves this country, believes in American greatness, that believes. You know, you, you just think of America's greatest contributions. I can't say it any better than the great Barry Farber said it. There's never been a country in the history on Earth that's accumulated more power and abused it less than the United States. My addition to that is there's never been a country that's accumulated more power than the United States of America and has used that power to advance the human condition. And I'll add one other thing and protected the world from tyranny and paid the price, the blood, the toil, the tears, the sweat, to quote Churchill. But our national treasure we, the American people, we beat back the forces of Nazism, fascism, communism, now radical Islamism, imperial Japan. America led the way with its military might and ingenuity and a standard of living only, only created by a system that allows the American soul to be free. No, we are not a perfect nation. We are trying and striving to always become a more perfect union. We have shown that we can make phenomenal strides in that goal. It is our founders, it is our framers that in their wisdom, and albeit imperfection, obvious imperfections, obvious failures, have created a system, albeit imperfect, that allows America to right wrongs and correct injustices We've made amazing progress, and we have a, a, an amazing amount more that we can and must and should do. But before we get to that discussion, you know, we, we have to start with the basics. Every American has should be able to live in a community where they have law and order and safety and security. Because if you don't have that, you don't really have an ability to pursue happiness or a founding document, our declaration, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. We're endowed by our creator, all of us, every American. 
One, I believe one God created every man, woman, and child. Now, the human heart has a proclivity towards good or evil. We know that, too. The great pamphleteer Thomas Paine referred to it as or the guides and dictates of human conscience, meaning God in our heart, irresistibly obeyed, meaning we don't sin, not the case. He goes, there'd be no need for any government, no need for any lawgiver. And he goes on to say that not being the case, government in its best state is but a necessary evil in its worst state, an intolerable one. And we've seen worst case, worst states all over the world as example after example, most of them under the false promises of socialism, which is the modern Democratic Party's 2020 agenda. You know, and, and this this idea that, you know, the mob and the media, you're going to ignore the Democratic Party, the modern Democratic Party. You're going to ignore their praise of the former Klansmen. You're going to ignore the racial comments of Biden. You're going to ignore his position on integration. You're going to ignore his past comments and, and some of the most fundamental and principal uh, basic rights. You know, you see, speaking this weekend, our nation was founded on a simple idea. We're all created equal. We never lived up to it, but we've never stopped trying. Well, you look at Biden's position. This is why I say, you know, all this, all these Democrats that are now they're focused on memorials. I'm fine with that discussion and that debate. Let's have it. I'm open to hearing all points of view. But I'll tell you, the first priority for me in my mind is to first make sure that every single American lives in safety and security, that we have law and order. Because as as you can easily predict, you know, now we have young children killed over the weekend, young kids in Atlanta, young kids in New York, young kids in Chicago. But we're going to get lectured by, let's see, Joe Biden, who actually supported you know, integration and anti-busing amendment by the former Klansman Robert Byrd. Really? You know, demanding to know as a senator uh, what the what they were going to do to prevent their children from, quote, being reassigned to schools that had a majority black. He said that. He's the one that supported the anti-busing amendment. He's the one that, by the way, by by Robert Byrd. You know, it was Robert Byrd is the one that was filibustering the 1964 Civil Rights Act, Voting Rights Act. And he's the mentor of Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden. And praised by Pelosi and praised by Schumer. And that's not an issue in this campaign. Combined Schumer, Pelosi, Biden, 125 years of abject failure. You know, it was it was Joe Biden who said that he didn't want his children to grow up in a, quote, racial jungle if integration is not done in an orderly way. Whatever, what does that even mean? Referring to inner city youth as, quote, predators on our streets. That's what he doesn't matter to me whether they're whether or not they're victims uh, of society. He said their resolve is that they, you know, they're about to knock my wife in the head with a lead pipe, shoot my sister, beat up my wife, take on my son. So I want to ask. What made them do this? They've got to be taken off the streets. And then he goes on to say that, you know, not out of a liberal instinct for love and and brother and humanity, although I think it's a good instinct, but the simple pragmatic reasons, if we don't, they'll be 
a portion of people, the, a, a portion of them will become the predators 15 years from now. Guy who recently says you ain't black. You know, if you if you vote for Donald Trump, or if you're not voting for him, really. The guy that said poor kids are just as bright as and talented as white kids. The guy who said they're going to put you all back in chains. That was, that's when Mitt Romney, Mitt, you remember he said that about you. You know, the first, I mean, you got the first sort of mainstream African-American who's articulate, bright, clean, and nice looking. That's storybook, man. Talking about Barack Obama. Or you can't go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. I'm not joking, he says. Pretty unbelievable. And then his comments this weekend. Newt Gingrich actually tweeted out Biden's 245-word 97-second-long 4th of July statement was the most anti-American speech ever given by an American presidential candidate. He omits the creator in his shortened version of the Declaration of Independence. Well, the reason is, Mr. Speaker, and he's on the program later, is because he can't remember it all. He's tried it a couple of times and botched it each time. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men and women are created, created by the thing. You know, We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing, the thing. You know the thing. The thing created it. God created what everything. Unbelievable, but that's you know you you look at uh, all that he's saying. This he's going to transform the nation if elected. He tweeted out. What does that mean? Transform it. I'd like I'd like that defined. You know, it was Donald Trump who did police reform, not Biden and not Barack. It was Donald Trump that did criminal justice reform to end disparate sentencing for minorities in America. It was it wasn't Joe. It wasn't Barack. It you know, it was Donald Trump that committed more money for more years to historically black colleges. That was Donald Trump. It wasn't Barack and Joe. It wasn't Barack and Joe that said record after record after record low unemployment for African-Americans and Hispanic Americans and Asian Americans and and women in the workplace and youth unemployment and African-American youth unemployment. They didn't get that done. He's going to transform the nation into what? You had eight years and we got 13 million more Americans on food stamps, eight million more in poverty. By the way, there is this guy that has this model at Stony Brook University. The media won't talk about it. That now says Donald Trump has a 91% chance of winning in November. And by the way, this model has picked the winner in all but two elections since 1912 when primaries were introduced. It's called the helmet Norpath uh, primary model. Uh, you know, again, polls don't mean a whole lot to me. You know what's going to matter? If you vote, put on Hannity.com. You know, when do you vote early? When do you vote late, et cetera? I mean, is the media going to cover Joe Biden's position where he said, well, I don't feel responsible for the sins of my father and grandfather. I feel responsible for what the situation is today for the sins of my generation. Joe Biden says, I'll be damned if I feel responsible to pay for what happened 300 years ago. Imagine if Trump said that. You know, imagine if Trump said, unless we do something about this, my children are going to grow up in a jungle. The jungle being a racial jungle with tensions built so high that it's going to explode at some point when he opposed court ordered busing for integration of public schools. And he pushed that well into the 80s, by by the way, that very same agenda. 
Joe Biden said all of that. Okay, he said a lot of other things, too, of predators, and it goes on from there. Bill Clinton's mentor, J. William Fulbright, known segregationist, also filibustering the Civil Rights Act, along with Robert KKK Byrd. By the way, Lyndon Johnson, he got a much larger percentage of Republicans in the House and a much larger percentage of senators in uh, U.S. senators to support the Civil Rights Act of 64 and 65. Al Gore's father wasn't there. Bill Clinton has praised Robert Byrd. Nancy Pelosi's praised him. Joe Biden's praised him. Chuck Schumer has praised him. Imagine if it was Donald Trump who praised him. I'll mention what a great guy is. Clinton said, well, he joined the KKK just to get elected. They give eulogies at his event. Hillary calls Robert Byrd the heart and soul of the U.S. Senate, my friend and my mentor. Schumer and Pelosi, similar statements. You know, acting as though that, you know, if we really care about our country and our kids, where do you hear the statistics I'm about to rattle off as it relates to violence in our next segment? Because the violence this weekend, if we can't live safe and secure and go to our grandma's house on on the 4th of July and play in the backyard without a seven-year-old kid getting shot, you know, th- th- none of these other discussions matter until we solve that problem, and we can solve it. Just like we can solve the problem of a, a failed public educational system. Decades of democratic ruin and, and a record of epic fail that nobody ever calls out. All right, before we get all the violence and the history and the hypocrisy over memorials, um, I doubt the mob of the media is going to report what I'm about to tell you. Um, you know, we had these previous studies, for example, on hydroxychloroquine, like the VA study, which will never be peer reviewed. It was so it was the, the dumbest one on retrospective study I've ever seen because you were giving people literally, oh, last minute. Well, let's try this when it was too late. Well, you have the Henry uh, Health System in Southeast Michigan. Now, by the way, this is the first major clinical trial on hydroxychloroquine. And what did they find? A team there in Southeast Michigan said that a study, 2,541 hospitalized patients found that those given the drug were far less likely to die. Even fake news CNN had to report it. The system's head of infectious disease, Dr. Marcus Zervos, 26% of those not given hydroxychloroquine, 26% died compared to 13% who got the drug. And he thinks it's important that the patients were treated early and that it has a huge benefit. Now, remember what Dr. Wallace said, Dr. Wallace 400 peer-reviewed articles, Cedar sinai 42 years experience. His entire career has been spent on lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, and anti-malarials he's also written on. And what did he say? That at the doses for 60, 30 to 60 days, which no hospital was giving or using on hydroxychloroquine, he said the risks are nil. Nobody in the mob and the media wanted to quote him either. They didn't care. They, you know, and it's... You know, it just is sad because just like, oh, you know, Russian interference matters, but not Hillary's dirty Russian misinformation dossier. Just like uh, obstruction of justice is bad, except if it's Hillary destroying subpoenaed emails. Just like, oh, quid pro quos are bad, except we're going to ignore Joe and zero experience Hunter. The mob is so corrupt. Biggest campaign contributors to 
you know, the ever, well, the ghost and invisible ghost candidate, Joe Biden. We do have some uh, news we'll be telling you about very, very shortly about live free or die. Live free, frankly, or America dies. America and the world on the brink. It feels like it, doesn't it? Every day it's beginning to feel worse and worse and more difficult. Uh, It's tough. Uh, Some good news. Um, For those of you that missed, this happened just before the 4th. Stunning news. Now, remember, for May, we were supposed to, the experts were telling us, just like the coronavirus experts were wrong, including the great Dr. Fauci, who's been wrong, telling us in March we don't need masks, just like, you know, Cuomo and, let's see, Murphy and Wolf and Whitmer, you know, literally sending COVID-19 patients uh, to nursing homes and long-term care facilities, uh, resulting in almost, you know, 40-plus percent of all COVID deaths. Unbelievable. The mob and the media. Cuomo says, oh, it's not my job to provide you PPE. What? Yeah, that would be your job. Uh, It's not. uh, Some people die. It just happens. They're going to die. Wow. Then blames Trump, of course, when everything else happens. Anyway, the good news is 4.8 million new jobs in June. In May, they predicted over a 9 million job loss, but we gained 2.5. So we're at seven, what, 0.3 million new jobs created. And these are numbers I personally did not expect, considering we shut down the entire economy that we'd see until maybe August in terms of July numbers. Not, not everything is opening, but um, certainly baseball's coming back. I know sports are slowly bringing it back. Uh, one of the things that we're now looking at very closely with COVID is You know, why is there a spike among younger people, especially in the state of Florida? It's mostly young people, 18 to 34. Um, Now, one of the reasons that, and I I talked to a lot of doctors today and over the weekend, is they see that, well, number one, we've now tested 40 million people. That's that nobody's come near that level of testing. So it was a lot deeper. But we knew that anecdotally, by the way, when there were random tests that went on in areas like New York and Chicago, as high as 20, 25% of the population, they said had it. But again, you know, it's only the vulnerable population that would tend to succumb to it. There were exceptions, but that one thing held true while all the models and all the reporting and all the doctors and all the experts were wrong. And all the geniuses in politics like Cuomo and, you know, Mayor Comrade de Blasio saying, oh, no, no, here's my recommendations. Go out in May. Even Dr. Fauci saying, yeah, you're, you know, if you're young and healthy, sure, in March, go out on a cruise. And you don't need a mask, Fauci said. But now we need a mask. Okay. I mean, everyone changes. Um, I did go shopping again this weekend. Anecdotally, my local grocery store, I see the same people every week. They did wear masks the whole time. And the epicenter right in the middle of this Schiff show, named after Adam Schiff. Um, and nobody got it. So that's why if you're asking me, should you wear the mask? My answer is yes. I'm, I don't mind wearing it. Why? Do I care about myself? Not particularly. Um, but I care about if I did get it, you know, impacting or in, and somehow uh, infecting somebody that's older, more vulnerable, grandma, grandpa, moms, dads. I want to protect them. want to protect kids. You want to protect people. And it's only going to be short term as treatments now. Look at this news on hydroxychloroquine. great news. There's movement on the vaccine. Um, now jobs are coming back. So everything we see, we now have, all right, if you add the numbers up, you've got 2.5 and you got 4.8. I mean, when they were expecting 
you know, 22 million or more unemployed or expecting 22 percent or more unemployment rate is now down to 11 percent. So it's actually it ended up being revised upwards to 2.7 in March. So now you're dealing with seven and a half million new jobs, seven and a half million new jobs just for May and June. All right. So the third quarter numbers we know will be bad, but not as bad as we thought. And then we begin now July, August, September, the third quarter numbers, the second quarter will be bad. But that shattered every expectation as unemployment now fell. Um, now, let's go to the weekend, shall we? Then we'll get back to this issue. By the way, is anybody in the Democratic Party, are they going to ask Nancy Pelosi? Everyone's talking about memorials, which memorial? Are they going to ask her about her father who oversaw the dedication of a monument while mayor of Baltimore uh, to Confederate General Stonewall Jackson and Robert E. Lee? Because I'd like to know the answer to that. Inquiring minds now want to know. Because uh, Mayor D'Alessandro at the time, we actually have his quotes, and, you know, he, World War I, too, found the North and South fighting for a common cause and generalship and military science, et cetera, et cetera. Today, our nation beset with subversive groups and propaganda which seek to destroy our national unity and we can look for inspiration in the lives of Lee and Jackson to remind us to be resolute, determined in preserving our sacred institutions. Does Nancy Pelosi support her father and then her, later her brother who was mayor? We must now remain steadfast in our determination to preserve freedom for us, not only for ourselves, but, you know, and it goes on from there. Um, what party enforced, for example, what about those people that on the South that were, were fighting for slavery, Democrats, you know, Jim Crow using groups like the Ku Klux Klan, uh, you know, enforcing Jim Crow using terrorist groups like the Ku Klux Klan, which included hundreds of 20th century prominent Democrats that are praised by modern Democrats like Biden, Pelosi, Schumer, Bill and Hillary. You know, what is the party of Bull Connor, Robert KKK Byrd, George Wallace? That's the Democratic Party. Do woke Democrats now, do they do they have any, are they going to challenge, is anyone in the media going to challenge their record or Joe Biden's record that I mentioned the last time? Shouldn't Democrats be, you know, be asked these questions? Al Gore's father, J. William Fulbright, Bill Clinton's mentor, Robert KKK Byrd, Hillary's mentor, other Democrats, prominent Democrats supporting, you know, the, you know, the filibustering of the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act. I mean, where is where where is any sense of any objectivity? You know, I've never seen such breathtaking hypocrisy. Just like with they didn't care about the dirty Russian dossier full of Russian disinformation that Hillary paid for, but they cared about Russian interference the only problem is it was with Hillary, not with Trump. They care about obstruction of justice, but are silent on Hillary's subpoenaed emails deleted and then acid wash with bleach pit, then hammers and devices. They care about Ukraine and quid and pros and quos, but they don't care at all about zero experience Hunter and Joe Biden fire the prosecutor or you're not getting a billion taxpayer dollars that's investigating my zero experience son. It's all happening. You know, if, if, can we first make sure that every kid in America is safe and secure? Because 
79 people shot in Chicago this weekend, 15 killed. Fourth of July weekend violence, including a seven-year-old little girl named Natalia Wallace. Yeah, she was shot in the forehead Saturday. She and other children playing in the yard. She died. How sad. Another child wounded early Sunday morning. Ten-year-old little girl, 48-year-old woman in an apartment building. You know, a guy opens fire, shoots through the door, stri- striking both of them. When are we going to have safety and security in, in these cities and states? Oh, de Blasio's blaming the New York City weekend violence on corona. Wow. The Atlanta mayor is taking on Black Lives Matter, which is pretty interesting. Uh, mayor uh, uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms issued a full-throated call for citizens to, quote, stop shooting each other up on the streets. In Atlanta, we lost an eight-year-old little girl over the weekend. Shot near the Wendy's where that police incident in Atlanta happened. It has to stop, she said. You can't blame this on police officers. It's about people who shot a baby in a car. We're doing more harm, doing each other more harm than any officer on this force. She said authorities would no longer negotiate with protesters near the Wendy's. That's where I pointed out that night that they actually had AR-15s. And uh, at the point of that an eight-year-old baby is killed, discussions have ended. Enough is enough. We've talked about this movement that's happening across the country in this moment in time. We have the ears and the interests of people across the country. Now we're fighting an enemy within when we're shooting each other up in our streets. You shot and you killed a baby. It just There wasn't just one shooter. There were at least two shooters, an eight-year-old baby. You, wanna, you want people to take us seriously? You don't want us to lose this movement? We can't lose each other. The father of this eight-year-old little girl, you know, told reporters that his daughter was killed after, after at least two people in the crowd of armed people opened fire on a car that she was riding in with her mom. You know, they say black lives matter. You killed your own, the grieving dad said. They killed my baby because she crossed a barrier and made a U-turn. You killed a child. You didn't do... You know, this child didn't do anything to anybody. Black Lives Matter, you're killing your own. You killed an eight-year-old child. She did nothing to no one. Just wanted to get home and see her cousin. People still asking me all weekend about Horace Lorenzo Anderson. He lost his 19-year-old son in the summer of Love Zone. New York City, okay, just as bad. 48 shot, 11 killed. Yep, that's all happened to Blasio. Now he's blaming... Uh, that on, oh, that's that's COVID's fault. No, that would be, they just cut a billion dollars from the NYPD department. A billion dollars. And then they got rid of some of the most effective law enforcing departments within the department. Plainclothesmen, for example. Now we, I mean, when are we going to stop? That's something we can do if we care about American treasure. Those are our children. That's that, that 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 that's where everything matters. We're not protecting our kids. Look at the Chicago Tribune. Bullets just came from nowhere. Fourth of July weekend gun violence kills at least 17, including a seven year old girl. An alarming number of shootings everywhere. Children 14, eight, seven among the dead. This little girl was playing in her grandma's backyard in Chicago for the fourth of July. Told you about all the violence there. Told you about Atlanta. 
You know, it's it's so sad. You know, 24 people shot in and around the Atlanta metro. What do all these cities have in common? Atlanta included, run by liberal Democrats for decades. Chicago, run by liberal Democrats. New York City, New York State, Illinois, liberal Democrats. Seattle, same thing. Just sad. Yeah, Georgia State Patrol building was damaged by fire during a protest. How we, when, when are they going to stop? Shootings in New York up to over 200% since they disbanded the plainclothes unit compared to last year. New York City gunman shot a man dead, wounds a woman in broad daylight, caught on video. New York Police Department vehicles, now they're being hit with bullets and, and fireworks and separate incidents. And, you know, looting of luxury New York City retailer, that was caught on camera. I guess a fashion boutique, Celine, is that how you say it? I don't get all these names right, Linda. Close enough. The president's offering to help New York City, help Chicago. He's offering to help Atlanta, help Seattle. They keep saying, no, we don't want you. Twice on the 4th of July, police declared a riot in downtown Portland, another liberal city. Just sad because that's, you know, we're losing our American treasure, our children. Probably the saddest interview I've had to do in my life with Horace Lorenzo Anderson. I've, I've been following up on, and on his case. How do, you over, how do you ever recover from that? How do you recover from all of this? I'd like to know because if anyone has an answer, I'll, I'll pass it on to people because I don't think there is an answer. I don't think there's a way to, to ever, I think for the rest of your life, you are forever, you know, just out of it. Think of it as a parent. How do you, would you feel if it's your kid? Just like I said, how would you feel if George Floyd was your child? By the way, the president, I think, has a great idea. I know Alveda King loves the idea, the National Guard, Garden honoring U.S. heroes. That's a great idea. All Americans, all backgrounds, all races. I think that's a, a good idea for the president. I, you know, I just, you, you can't not look at this and say, how is this happening? This is not, but we're supposed to be a more perfect union. We can't even begin the thoughts of a being a more perfect union if people are not safe and secure in their own homes. These are the same cities and states that have, have literally destroyed the educational system for kids, and they're ripping the rungs out of every ladder, every rung of the ladder that leads to success in America. We don't even go to the basics, reading, writing, and math. Let's start there. How do you have 13 public schools, the third highest per capita spending of any city in America in Baltimore, 13 public schools in high schools where kids, not one kid is proficient in math. It's not the kid's fault. It's, it's, it's the leadership's fault. There's unholy alliance between liberal Democrats and, of course, the teachers unions that provide them money so that they can all get reelected. Our country is founded on an idea. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. We've never lived up to it. Jefferson himself didn't. He held slaves. Women were excluded. But once proposed, it was an idea that couldn't be constrained. It survived the ravages of the Civil War, the dogs of Bull Connor, the assassination of Martin Luther King, and more than 200 years of systemic racism. Just weeks ago, the murder of George Floyd. Through it all, these words have gnawed at our conscience and pulled us towards justice. 
American history is no fairy tale. It's been a constant push and pull between the two parts of our character. The idea that all men and women, all people are created equal, and the racism that has torn us apart. We have a chance now to give the marginalized, the demonized, the isolated, the oppressed a full share of the American dream. We have a chance to rip the roots of systemic racism out of this country. We have a chance to live up to the words that have founded this nation. Good afternoon, everyone. As uh, Lily already indicated, I'm Joe Biden's husband, Joe Biden. <laughs> All coronavirus tested and treatment and vaccine for anyone free. And a fight to give every child All right, that was uh, Joe Biden, and I'm Joe Biden. You know, it's funny, the media mob, they said, he didn't really say that. What you're saying is wrong. It's not what he said when he said that I'm Joe Biden's husband, Joe Biden. Uh, Okay, maybe my ear. Maybe I heard. Linda, did I I hear that wrong? I don't think I heard that wrong. I I think you got it right. It's just fine. Um, Amazing. Um, You know, there's a lot of things that you can say. One of the and I know a lot of war people use a lot of words, but when you look at actions and deeds we had one of the most violent weekends with young children dying in cities governed and run by democrats and states governed and run by democrats for decades new york city chicago for example just to name two um you look at well police reform that came from donald trump criminal justice reform to get rid of disparate sentencing that unfairly uh, was against minorities in America. That was Donald Trump. When you look at a, the longest commitment with the greatest amount of money to historically black colleges, that wasn't Barack or Joe, that was Donald Trump. Uh, opportunity zones, that was Donald Trump. And record low, after record low, after record low, unemployment for African-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, Asian-Americans, women in the workplace, youth unemployment, African-American youth unemployment. That didn't happen with Barack and Joe. Now, I know Joe is out there saying that he will now transform the nation if elected, kind of similar to what Barack Obama had said at the time. But Joe does have a history, and it's not particularly good, especially when you look at his position on integration, school busing, you know, his comments about, I don't feel responsible for the sins of my father and grandfather. I feel responsible for what the situation is today, for the sins of my own generation, and I'll be damned if I feel responsible to pay for what happened 300 years ago. That was Joe Biden who said that. Joe Biden who opposed uh, busing and integration of public schools. Unless we do something about this, my children are going to grow up in a jungle, the jungle being a racial jungle with the tensions built so high, it's going to explode at some point. Okay, and by the way, he pushed that same agenda into the early 80s, in case you're interested in facts. Um, you know, Joe Biden has gone on and on saying much of the, the same thing. Then you look at Joe Biden modern day. You know, how is it that he and Hillary and and Schumer and Pelosi, they they praised Robert Byrd, former Klansman, former head of the, the Democrats, Senate majority leader for the Democrats for all these years. I'm, I'm just stunned how little standing any of these Democrats have. And that would include Nancy Pelosi. I've, I've yet to hear her talk about uh, taking down the memorial that her father put up. Uh, the dedication of the monument to Confederate generals and Stonewall Jackson and Robert E. Lee. 
Anyway, Newt Gingrich uh, joins us. And uh, Newt, by the way, is a brand new book out. We have it up on Hannity.com talking about the president. It's uh, Trump and the American future. He said about Biden's speech, Biden's 245 word, 90 second long Fourth of July speech. Uh, statement was the most anti-American speech ever given by an American presidential candidate. He omits the creator in a shortened version of the declaration. How are you, sir? Well, I'm doing well, and it's, it is appalling. And you're right. There were five young children killed over the weekend. And uh, the father, uh, or rather the mother, of the eight-year-old who was killed in Atlanta said, this was not a policeman. This was somebody in the community. And she said, you all did this. And I think you're beginning to see a reaction, a backlash, if you will, uh, of people who are just sick and tired of being used as political pawns by what is an overtly Marxist, anti-American organization, Black Lives Matter, uh, when in fact, uh, from the standpoint of Black Lives Matter, they didn't show up at a single one of those five killings. They didn't express any interest in young African-Americans, you know, five, six, seven, eight, I think 11 years old being killed this weekend because it didn't fit their political agenda. Uh, and I think Biden is pathetic, partially because, he, you know, the, the great danger of Biden is not him personally. I mean, he's, he floats on the surface. He floated on the surface as a semi-segregationist Delaware senator when it was appropriate, and he voted with Jesse Helms against busing. He floated on the surface in terms of a hard line on crime in the mid-'90s because it was the right thing to do. Uh, the, the, he managed to get through eight years of Barack Obama, and apparently didn't notice that we had an African-American president. Uh, the challenge with, with Biden is you're going to have a Biden-Schumer-Pelosi machine, and Schumer and Pelosi are going to run the government, and Biden's occasionally going to come out of the White House basement and say, gosh, it's really great to be your president, and then they'll send him back down to the basement. Well, maybe in the White House will put him up on the second floor. Yeah, look, I'm 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 just looking at all this. I agree with you on the backlash aspect of it, but you're also a historian, and and from from my point of view, considering the 125 years combined that Schumer, Pelosi, and Biden have spent in the swamp versus the three and a half years of Donald Trump, um, I think I would argue Trump has gotten more done for more people, more minorities. Uh, than than any president in modern time by far, and certainly more than they got done in 125 years. Um, and you look at America's history; it, it's imperfect. It is abs- nobody's in disagreement at all. And I would say that the beauty, the majesty of our Constitution is it provides the pathway to right wrongs, correct injustices. We have a history of doing it. You you know more about the Civil War than anybody I know leading up to the Civil Rights Act, the Voting Rights Act, that uh, the mentor of Hillary and Bill Clinton and Joe Biden, uh, the man they love, was filibustering. And Republicans, well, that's Lyndon Johnson counted on their support to pass those two historic bills. You know, I, I, I got so angry um, looking at what Biden said on the 4th of July that I stopped and I wrote an eight-part tweet that I guess must have been almost 2,000 words, but I was just furious. And I just want to take one example. He talks about the Civil War in totally disparaging terms, the rampage. It wasn't a rampage. Hundreds of thousands of young men risked their lives to defeat slavery. They marched to a battle song which said, as Christ died to make men holy, let us die to make men free. It's only after 1890 it was changed to let us live. 
But up to, up to the 1890s, the marching song of the Union Army was, as Christ died to make men holy, let us die to make men free. And these are the people that Biden and his left-wing fanatics deal with contempt. And it makes me, frankly, so angry as an American to see these anti-Americans. I, I've given up. They're not liberals. They're anti-Americans. And I'm not going to use liberal ever again. They're anti-Americans. Uh, they would like to see this country destroyed and replaced by a magic kingdom in which they would have total power and everything would be terrific because we'd all have to say exactly what they wanted. You know, I, I look, everyone would argue that, OK, there's never I, Barry Farber. I keep saying his quote that we've never been a country in the history of man that's accumulated more power, abused it less. And I add and has used its its power and its liberty and its freedom and its constitutional republic to advance the human condition worldwide. You know, then that leads us to the history of beating back uh, evil forces of fascism and communism and Nazism and imperial Japan. You know, 100 million human souls destroyed in the last century. But for the United States, uh, God knows how much higher that number would be. Well, you know, the, the tragedy is that Ronald Reagan defeated communism in Moscow, but lost to communism in the American school system. And that then infected the American news media and the American bureaucracies. Uh, and the result has been you've had three generations of brainwashing and you have people who don't know anything. Well, what they do know is just plain wrong. Uh, this, this country, you know, when, apparently they, they took down a statue of Frederick Douglass. Now, Frederick Douglass was the greatest black orator of the 19th century, the leading advocate of freedom and the end of slavery in the 19th century. Under what possible rationale, except insanity, could a group go and take down his statue? But this is the kind of nihilist, ignorant, barbaric behavior that we have to expect from these people. And candidly, the only answer is to lock them up. We, we ended the 2,500 bombings in the late 60s. We ended the Black Panther campaign to kill police in the late 60s. And we did it by a simple method. If we, if we knew you were part of that, you went to jail. And you went to jail long enough that you figured out by the time you get out that was over. Uh, sooner or later, we're going to have... I mean, you're talking about those here. people. You know, I was actually pleasantly surprised, and I, and I don't think enough people understand or make a distinction between Black Lives Matter, the group, and, and there are peaceful protests, rightly outraged over what happened to George Floyd, that uh, say Black Lives Matter, but that's not the group. The group is the one on tape saying, what do we want dead cops? When do we want them now? And pigs in a blanket and fry them like bacon. The Atlanta mayor... Um, uh, Bottoms actually blasted Black Lives Matter. There was an eight-year-old little girl that was shot dead at one of the protest sites. And in a very impassioned press conference, your old hometown, uh, literally in a full-throated call for citizens to stop, quote, shooting each other up in our streets. And uh, it has to stop, she said. You can't blame this on police officers. It's about people who shot a baby in a car and we're, we're doing each other more harm than any officer on this force. That kind of surprised me. Right. Well, I, but I think that's, you know, we, we saw the same backlash in the 60s. There was a brief period in the 60s when the left was on offense, and it looked like they were going to really make a big difference. And they just couldn't help themselves. Uh, they behaved in such overt, you know, aggressive, anti-American methods that 90% of the American people said, that's it. I'm not with them. 
And if you if you ask people about the specific platform of Black Lives Matter, 90% of the country is going to repudiate it. I think Black Lives Matter as a slogan is terrific. I think Black Lives Matter as an organization is an anti-American, and, and they, they themselves said, by the way, that the three founders are all Marxists. So I'm not, I'm not defaming them. They're an anti-American Marxist organization dedicated to the destruction of our civilization. And we have to draw that distinction and have the argument and not be afraid. We cannot be intimidated. And that means, I think, that we also have to put pressure on every local mayor. I, I loved it when the mayor of Chicago, and when Trump said, you got to do something, she said, he needs to learn that there are a bunch of tough women mayors out here. And I thought to myself, great, why didn't you go to the south side of Chicago? How about we stop the carnage? Because 79 people were shot, Mr. Speaker, 15 killed over this weekend, and that's as predictable as any weekend. Uh, Stay right there. Uh, Former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich, his new book is phenomenal. It's called Trump and the American Future. Um, We'll come back, ask him how this impacts 2020, which is 120 days away. And as we continue, former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich, uh, his now best-selling book just out, Trump and the American Future, uh, let's talk a little bit about how all of this about monuments and American heritage and history and the and the violence on the streets of America, safety and security, law and order. How does this all impact 2020? Well, let me say, first of all, I think that um, the president's speech in South Dakota may be the most important speech of his career. Uh, I today compared it uh, to. Ronald Reagan's speech at Westminster in 1982, where he outlined the destruction of uh, communism and the centrality of democracy and freedom. I thought, I watched, I was stunned how absolutely correct he was and how courageous he was. And of course, everybody on the anti-American left, including the New York Times and the Washington Post, went crazy because he was describing them. He has to come out for a 12-month payroll tax uh, holiday. He has to define the Biden-Pelosi-Schumer team, and he has to be committed in a positive way to staying on the themes he established in South Dakota and campaigning as the president who loves America versus the guy who is the most anti-American candidate in modern times. Former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. It's on Hannity.com, Amazon.com. I'd say bookstores everywhere, but not bookstores everywhere are not quite open yet. It's called Trump and the American Future. Mr. Speaker, always great to have you. Thank you. When we come back, wide open calls uh, on this Monday. What a busy news week already. 29 days until the release of Live Free or Die America and the world on the brink. Hannity.com for all info. All right, 29 short days. By the way, all info on uh, Hannity.com. We have information coming shortly that we want to share with you. We're working out all the details. More complicated, obviously, with COVID, corona, et cetera. Uh, Looking forward to meeting a lot of you, hopefully, uh, when we get back out on the road, hopefully sooner than later. We had Horace Lorenzo Anderson on the program. Um, An amazing man that I've now gotten to know um, and like a lot. A man that I think is, you know, he just, I saw this picture and I was talking about it last Wednesday on the air. And I just saw the picture first and all you see is pain and misery and suffering and loss that any, if you have a human soul, you just look at and you can identify with and say, just understand it. His son was killed in the, in the, in the chop zone, the, you know, the summer of love zone as the mayor was calling it. 
And he kept asking, well, why didn't they? Why? I found out in that interview they never called him. The mayor never called him. The mayor never wished condolences. The mayor never said, I'm so sorry. The governor never called him. The people that allowed this lawlessness to continue never bothered to even call. Nobody from the national media had called him until I called him. And uh, his, uh, the, the person that he was with, Mr. Taylor, both wonderful people. And I've had subsequent conversations with Mr. Taylor, just checking in on uh, Horace Lorenzo Anderson, and his son was named Horace Lorenzo Anderson Jr. And just let me play a little part of this. The most heartbreaking other part of this was he didn't get to even identify his son's body for a week, and they wouldn't let him. And he's still trying to get answers. What happened? This is the weekend that we heard the police begging, can you please let us in? We're only here to offer care to those injured. And they, and the peaceful protesters at the Chop Chaz Spaghetti uh, Potluck Dinner Summer of Love Zone wouldn't let them in. When somebody shot, every second matters. Anyway, here's what he said to me. When I went to the hospital, there was there was no detectives there. There was no there was nobody there, no media there. There was nothing. He was nobody. He was just like I was, we was just there and we just sat there. And I said, man, why are we sitting here? There's nobody else here. It's like they didn't care. It didn't matter. I haven't heard from the mayor. I haven't heard from the police department. I haven't from no, no city and nobody. Nobody. Only thing I heard from is what you guys is hearing from me now. I've seen all these other kids, and I say, that's terrible, you know, you, that's terrible, you know. Even what happened just recently, you know, that's terrible. When you look at stuff, and you, you never think that it would, it would be you one day. Mm. You know, the camera look at you, and you now the camera's looking at me like, this, this is unbelievable. Like, this is me? Because, you know, I, 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 mean, I tell my kids I love them. I, I raise them right. He's been playing football since he was six. I, I coached football. He changed my life around. You know, my life just... You know, I, man, I, man, I don't do nothing. All I do is, man, I cook home cooked meals for my kids every night. And and we ain't, we were, you know, I've been knowing him since we were younger, younger. I mean, we ain't, we ain't saints. Yeah, I ain't the you best. You know, I mean, I mean, I come from a checkered past. He comes from a checkered past, but we changed our lives. Yeah, for my son, for the good. For all my kids, that you know, my life's different. I'm we changed like, our life, and to encourage other youngsters that might be in the same situation that we were in. That you don't have to be defined yeah. by your mistakes or by your past. I mentor, I mentor other kids. I did, yeah. did, I done, I've been a mentor in other schools. Um, I, done, I coached football for eight years. I, you know, this is what I do. I, I work with the community anyway, within my community. I don't go too many communities because I don't go that far. But within my community, I always work with the kids and just be like, because they know who I am. So to hit, this kind of hit kind of hard. I'm like, well, you know, what What about me? It's like, what, like everybody forget about you. And family, because yes. that's, family, that's all right. based on the yes. world. I don't care. If you don't have family, it, it, it's, it's, you have nothing, man, because yeah. it's all based on family. I live off my, my whole life is based on I'm 50 years old. So my whole thing is my kids, family. Mm -hmm. I just want to, you know, it's family things, you know. So in the end, when it's all said, it's family. You yes. know what I'm saying? It doesn't come with politics. That don't come with nothing. That's just right. come with you can't. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's real. Course, so when it's family, it's just that's family, and that's right. that's it. You know, family. When you, when you say family, man, you, that's it. You know, that's your heart. You know, and that's my family. That's my son, and I'm gonna love him forever. 
you know, we're going to love him forever. Like you said, we can't talk to him, but I, I still talk to him. You know, I still, I do my own talking, you know, right. we, we, we have our own conversation. You now. Yeah, I'm always, cause that's in my heart, but I just want the world to know that that was my son. I understand Floyd and everything. I'm with black lives matter. I'm with all that. That's cool. I appreciate that, but it's just certain things that should matter outside of that, that we got to put a stamp on to say, Hey, Hey, Certain things. These are children, though, too. Remember, these are children of God. You know what I'm saying? Amen. These are Amen. babies. Amen. You know what I'm saying? So you're taking away. You're taking away generations. You're taking away our youth. You're taking away our youth. You're taking away generations. I mean, this this gets to some of the the sadder, sadder parts of what goes on every weekend. You know, would would it be a good if we're going to prioritize right now? Where are we? What 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 is the most important thing we ought to be doing as a country? Well, I think one is stopping violence, making sure that every American is safe and secure, restoring law and order. Let's see, seventy nine people shot in Chicago, fifteen killed, Fourth of July violence. By the way, one of the people that were shot, a seven year old girl, she's now dead. She was visiting her grandmother, 4th of July, uh, Saturday night, two mass shootings, one of which left four people dead, four wounded. Her name was Natalie Wallace. She's seven years old, shot in the forehead Saturday as she and other children, they were just playing in the yard. How about we get law and order and safety and security for Chicago? What, how, how is it possible that nothing gets done? All the talk, all talk, all talk. Why every two and four years, the Democrats always say Republicans, racist, misogynist, xenophobic, and on and on and on. You know, de Blasio, literally, he's going to blame the weekend violence on the coronavirus. And he's doubled down on on keeping the city safe. Uh, how are you going to do that when the police, the, the average police officer no longer wants to work with you? And I mentioned earlier the the mayor of Atlanta literally taking on Black Lives Matter. And, you know, by the way, why 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 haven't there been protests in Chicago and New York City to stop violence and save lives? Because that needs to happen. Because in Atlanta, an eight year old little little girl was shot and killed on the 4th of July near that Wendy's uh, where the incident happened uh, with the police in Atlanta. And she said, literally, it has to stop. It has to stop. You know, and she's right. And it, we can make it stop. We've proven that we have methods to make it stop. New York, 48 shot, 11 killed. Um, and, I'm, and I'm looking over at all of this and I'm saying, why is this continue? This is every weekend you can predict it's going to be high. We, and, and it's sad and they do nothing to stop it. You know, and by the way, there was another protest, the St. Louis couple that, you know, so many people have been attacking. By the way, Senator Josh Hawley is ripping a Missouri prosecutor for considering charges against the couple after people were threatening them after they busted down a gate and threatening the couple and threatening their dog and threatening violence. And they came out with weapons. But, you know, they shouldn't have to because everybody knew ahead of time that this protest was happening. No police showed up. Nobody. You know, you look at, you know, all of these young kids look at Atlanta, you know, Chicago, New York. You have kids 14, 8, 7 among the dead. The headline in the Tribune or one of the Chicago papers, Bullets, it was, yeah, it was the Chicago Tribune. Bullets just came from nowhere. That's the one that killed this seven-year-old little girl. 
shot to death at her grandmother's house. She was playing in the yard on the 4th of July. And even that's not safe. You know, Chicago gun violence spiking and now increasingly finding younger and younger victims. And all nine children under 18 have been shot and killed in Chicago since June 20th. 336 people have been murdered in Chicago through July 2nd of this year. Chicago had 658 murders in 2017, 567 in 2018. You know, now the murder rates are going through the roof. Asked about what they're doing to address gun violence. You know, uh, I guess their police superintendent, well, we're confiscating guns. Okay. We can, we're the United States of America. But if you look, there's one commonality. Mostly states or cities run by decades by liberal Democrats. That is the most fundamental role of government. So if we can't have safety and we can't have security, I guess we can do things. We can walk and chew gum at the same time. But I think the next priority in my mind is fixing a failed and broken educational system that has shut out many minorities in this country. Again, run into the ground by Democratic mayors and Democratic governors for decades. You know, it's uh, it's one thing after another. I, I just have to wonder at one point in New York, shootings are up 205 percent since last week. And they've just uh, literally got rid of the plain clothes unit compared to last year. New York City gunman shot a man dead, wounds a woman in daylight in an attack caught on video. NYPD vehicles hit with bullets and firecrackers and separate incidents that happened in New York. And what is the mayor? Well, he's blaming COVID. This isn't COVID. You know, you have from the NYPD, you know, for the month of June 2020, the number of people victimized by gun violence in New York City has spiked significantly when compared to uh, this period at the same time last year, 130 percent increase in the number of shooting incidents across the city. Number of shooting incidents rose in every borough of New York. Number of people murdered citywide has increased. You know, it's it's all up dramatically. Violence is up dramatically. You know, and I could just keep on going. And I don't hear anybody, I don't hear any Democrats saying we got to fix this. If Donald Trump were in charge of these cities, I guarantee you we'd hear an awful lot about it from the mob and the media. You know, now you're getting literally, you know, former Police commissioners, in this case, Ray Kelly, is screaming about it. The mayor is atrocious, he said. Literally said that on the air. If I had a magic wand, I'd remove him. Unfortunately, what's waiting in the wings is no better. He was the NYPD under Mayor Dinkins and Mike Bloomberg. Now the city cut a billion dollars from the police department, and this is going on now? How Do, do you think this is going to end well? Because it's not. Who are you going to call? If we love our children, we can debate all the issues about monuments that we want. That's sure. You want to have an important debate on it? Can we first secure our cities and fix the educational system while we're having that debate? Because that's a debate that would have real results. You know, if you care about, for example, I care about, you know, a lot of people. Okay, the Democrats have been kneeling. The Democrats have been talking their history, as I say, they're disqualified, as far as I'm concerned. They have no standing on a lot of these issues because of their own past positions. Their praise of a former Klansman, Nancy Pelosi's uh, father, Mayor Robert E. Lee, Stonewall Jackson dedication. Is she going to ask for that memorial to be taken down? 
Is Joe Biden going to take back all those racial comments that he's made that we've been talking about today? Will the media ever call him out on any of this? And by the way, in the eight years he was president, vice president, and Barack was president, what did, why didn't they do uh, police reform? Why didn't they do criminal justice reform? Why didn't they set record after record unemployment rates for minorities in America? Why didn't they create opportunity zones? Why didn't they commit as much money for the longer period of time for historically black colleges? Why is it that 13 million more Americans were on food stamps and 8 million more in poverty the, and predominantly negatively impacting minorities in America? That's their record. All talk. Symbolism. Not substance. All right, when we come back, our news roundup and information overload hour, my position is Democrats with their history, modern Democrats. I'm not talking about Democrats of old, although Democrats of old are the people that modern Democrats have been praising, uh, people that were against the Voting Rights Act, the Civil Rights Act. They get praised to the hilt by the likes of Biden and Schumer and Pelosi and and Bill and Hillary Clinton, and the media never calls them out on anything. Uh, We'll talk about all of this uh, with Dinesh D'Souza and Horace Cooper. We have an amazing Hannity tonight on the Fox News Channel. Just 29 days, live free or die, America and the world on the brink. And what is this book about? It's real simple. It's about everything that is at stake, a full history of what makes America great, the Democratic Party's 2020 agenda, how it's rooted in every failed socialist experiment that's ever been tried, the failure of socialism. We give you every example. The Democratic Party and all they have done in the last three years to help destroy and tear down a duly elected president. And we'll compare it to the president's agenda. One of hope, one of record-breaking, record-shattering unemployment for every American and an economy that was the envy of the world and promises kept. Anyway, it's on Hannity.com. Live free or America dies. That's the bottom line. Quick break. Right back. Hannity, 9 Eastern tonight. We'll continue. Stay right here for our final news roundup and information overload. Donald Trump chose the most grandiose symbol of U.S. imperialism on Earth to usher in a very on-brand star-spangled spectacle. The mother of all photo ops, Mount Rushmore. And we know why this president just can't resist going there. President Trump will be at uh, Mount Rushmore, where he'll be standing in front of a monument of two slave owners and on land wrestled away from Native Americans. We have to acknowledge that Mount Rushmore is sitting on Lakota land. The place Donald Trump is going to on Friday is stolen land. All right. So there you hear from uh, so many uh, in the media and the mob uh, on the issue. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. News Roundup Information Overload Hour. Uh, Dr. Alveda King has weighed in on the president's decision to create a national garden honoring U.S. heroes. She loves the idea. I happen to love it, too, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, We know that um, on some of the other fronts that we're discussing here today. But, you know, you you now have um, what is becoming the cancel culture. It's gone viral. Uh, And as I've been saying is, okay, is there is 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 do the the Democrats that are speaking the loudest on this, do they have standing now, if we if Barry Farber, who recently passed away, is right, that there's never been a country in the history of mankind that has accumulated more power and abused it less than us. 
and I take it to there's never been a country in the history of mankind that has accumulated more power, abused it less, and used that power to advance the entire human condition. Um, as we go back to Joe Biden's speech from over the weekend, some shocking statements that he made, but, you know, really not not that surprising when you think of Joe Biden. Um, but where is the standing with Joe Biden on the issue of race, for example? You know, our nation is founded on a simple idea. We were all created equal. We've never lived up to it. Uh, I've gone through the history of this now in, in the last hour and the hour before. Okay, but this is a a guy that, when you look at his own record, demanded to know what senator was going to, that what they were going to do to prevent children. When we're talking about integration and busing from being reassigned to schools that had been majority black, he supported an anti-busing amendment. He also supported an anti-busing amendment by Robert, the former Klansman Bird. He worried that his children would grow up in a, quote, racial jungle if integration is not done in an orderly way, whatever that means. Um, and, and it goes on and on. Look at the history of the Democratic Party from their support. The mentor of Bill Clinton is J. William Fulbright, known segregationist. Uh, if you want, you know, other comments of Joe Biden, Joe Biden said, I don't feel responsible for the sins of my father and grandfather. I feel responsible for what the situation is today for the sins of my own generation. And I'll be damned if I feel responsible to pay for what happened 300 years ago. Very different than the Joe Biden today. So where is his standing on all of this? Um, you know, he goes on and on, comment after comment, and it's ignored by the media mob. Um, and, you know, this this whole thing about that, he goes on. What about Nancy Pelosi? What about all of these Democrats that supported Robert Byrd from Hillary Clinton to Joe Biden to Chuck Schumer to Nancy Pelosi? They they all praised the former Klansman. What about uh, Nancy Pelosi's father? who oversaw the dedication of a monument to the Confederate generals Stonewall Jackson and Robert E. Lee. Do they have standing on the issue? Would we have a country if during the Constitutional Convention, when you look at all of the abolitionists that tried their hardest to get rid of uh, uh, slavery uh, in the country and, and names prominent and known, yes, there's hypocrisy. Even, even people wanting to abolish slavery that own slaves. Anyway, here to go through the history of this is Dinesh D'Souza, author of The United States of Socialism. Horace Cooper is with us, legal commentator, co-chair of the Black Leadership Network Project. Uh, he wrote the book. It's coming out soon. How Trump is making black America great again. Welcome both of you to the program. Glad you could be with us. Thank you. My pleasure, Sean. Uh, Horace, let's start with you. You've been watching all of the commentary all weekend. I don't think the Democrats have standing. Um, if there's any beauty in our framers and founders from from my particular point of view is while many tried to abolish slavery during our constitutional convention, they knew it wouldn't get done. But they did create a system and that allowed that wrongs, evils and injustices that we could literally make change to become a more perfect union along the way. Have we made progress? We made a ton of progress. Do we have a ton of progress more to make? Yes, we do. Remarkable to me to watch some of the commentary that would imply that we, since we didn't start off perfectly, that we have spent all of the nearly 250 years getting worse. In fact, the evidence is overwhelmingly 
to the opposite, and that is that we've gotten better and better and better. And there is a reason why in the beginning at our revolution, thousands of black Americans fought for America. There's a reason why during the Civil War, thousands more Americans fought for the side of the Union. And there's a reason why in every other war that we have been in, Americans who happen to be black joined together and fought for us. The truth is America is better now than it has ever been, and there is no place on the planet to be black in and be as successful than in the United States of America. Dinesh. Well, it was Lincoln who said that the founders declared the right so that the enforcement could follow when the circumstances permitted. The founders didn't compromise on slavery. They had no way to get a union had they outlawed slavery at the outset. In fact, slavery was legal in all the states in 1776. So what the founders did, like you said, they created a a, a union on anti-slavery principles, and Lincoln ultimately was the sort of consummation or realization of what the founders intended from the outset, but were not in a position to achieve. So this is the history that the left is trying to stampede over. Uh, Frederick Douglass, in my view, the greatest black American of our history, started out hating the founding, and, and he even didn't even like Lincoln. He called Lincoln the white man's president. But he came to realize, ultimately, that the founding was actually an anti-slavery enterprise, and he became, as a result, a raving patriot. By the way, the left just toppled a Frederick Douglass statue in Rochester, New York, showing you that this is not about the Confederacy. They're also against the Republicans, and they're also against the abolitionists. Well, I mean, the, the idea, isn't it, if, if you take the, the premise of, say, Thomas Paine, uh, Horace, which is that, you know, when you were the guides of dictates of one's human conscience irresistibly obeyed, we wouldn't need any lawgiver, that we would be perfect people. Human beings are not perfect. That's why I think Barry Farber's line is so profound that, you know, there's never been a country that has accumulated more power, abused it less, I add, and it had used the power to advance the human condition than the U.S. Um, but for all the things that America has done, and yes, the Civil War was fought, the 64 Civil Rights Act, the Voting Rights Act. By the way, where were Democrats like Robert Byrd, uh, the mentor of all these modern-day Democrats? Uh, he was filibustering it. Where was Al Gore's father? He was against it. Um, you know, J. William Fulbright against it, Bill Clinton's mentor. Uh, but if we're going to become a more perfect union, the mechanism or the beauty that that is the result of the Constitutional Convention is we right wrongs, we correct injustices, and we strive to always become a more perfect union and to live up to our original document, the Declaration, which is all men and women are created equal. I believe by men they say mankind. Yes. Absolutely. You know, this is the amazing thing about the experiment that is America. When we started, there really was no other place on the planet that was trying out this idea that a citizenry would be empowered to make the decisions and control. 
everywhere else on the planet, you either got power on the basis of birth or on the basis of your control of arsenals of strength. Only in America had we ever tried this, and we have expanded who could be a citizen. And ultimately, we have reached today this unbelievable, unparalleled achievement, nearly 250 years. I want to repeat that. And that tells us that this is the example that the world ought to be looking to, and that's partly why. What troubles me most is those voices that we are hearing who are denying the beauty and majesty of our founding. This idea, this concept that has been made manifest, if the concept was great, implementation is with humans. And so it gets not perfect in the beginning, but it has been perfected. And this is the marvel that I am so worried and so troubled about. People that would push this amazing idea to the side because its implementation wasn't perfect from inception. It has become perfect, and it is something for us to marvel, and we should honor it today. I just, as America now goes through, uh, you know, a lot of these issues and people, you know, want to sandblast uh, Mount Rushmore, for example, Dinesh D'Souza, what is your answer to them? My answer to them is that Mount Rushmore represents ultimately the great accomplishments of American history. The figures up on Mount Rushmore are titans of achievement. Um, Thomas Jefferson, I mean, here, okay, so here, he's the hardest case for me because he owned 200 slaves. But when Martin Luther King said, I am submitting a promissory note and I'm demanding that it be cashed, my question is, what note? The segregationist didn't write you a note, so what note are you appealing to? Well, he was appealing to the Declaration of Independence, and so you have a great irony. This very same Virginia planter, Thomas Jefferson, who owned slaves, also wrote the charter that Martin Luther King had to appeal to in trying to cash his so-called note. And so Jefferson ultimately is the author of our liberties. Um, Then we go on to Abraham Lincoln, I mean, the man who freed the slaves. It's so ironic that they want to pull down Lincoln's monument and deface it. Without Lincoln, where would America even be today? Teddy Roosevelt. By the way, notice that most of those guys on Mount Rushmore are Republicans. And quite frankly, the other two, I think, if they were alive today, would be. So the point I'm trying to make here is that the left in this kind of assault on America, they aren't just attacking American history. They're covering up for the crimes of the Democratic Party. That's a very important element of all this. Because All right. So the Democrats, well, you got Joe Biden mostly in hiding, except, you know, what he said this weekend. But they don't have standing on this issue. Nancy Pelosi has no standing. Schumer has no standing as far as I'm concerned. Because they've all had their opportunity. They can, all their words at this point to me are meaningless, Horace, because when it mattered, they weren't there. Well, there has been one political group, I call them the Party of Racial Separatists, that started from its beginning 
promoting the idea that we should use the power of government and coercion to separate people uh, according to their race. And guess what? There was just a small period of time in the middle of the 20th century where they agreed to stop doing it and then immediately started back again. And it is amazing that every single place on the planet where political parties use racial separatism as a purpose for power, what you see is death. What you see is mayhem. What you see is division. I'm asking Americans listening to this call, let's take what Martin Luther King said to be true, that America is premised on the idea that people are going to be judged not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Um, one political party alone, from its inception all the way to the present, is always tempted to divide us on the basis of race. That is an evil all right, we have. Let's not yield to it. Last 30 seconds, Dinesh. The slave plantation in America only developed in the 19th century, three decades after the founding, the massive plantation system. And a Democratic Party started in the 1820s as the defender of that system. So the Democrats are the party of slavery and segregation and Jim Crow. And if we want to get rid of reminders of slavery and segregation, a good way to do that is to get rid of the Democratic Party. Well, uh, it just the, the history speaks for itself. The hypocrisy, just like with Russia, they didn't care about the Russian dossier. They didn't care about quid pro quo Joe or zero experience hunter. It is just it is at a level that is unprecedented. And the mob, they go along with it. Uh, biggest challenge in 120 days from today. All right. Thank you both, Dinesh. Thank you, Horace. Thank you. 800-941. Sean, you want to be a part of the program? We'll get to your calls coming up next as we continue. All right, uh, 25 now until the top of the hour. Live free or die. Live, and the, in Latin, live free or America dies. It's really, really simple. I wanted to create a, I wanted to create a, a what's at stake. And I'm surprised at all that I have even forgotten. And what's at stake is the most radical agenda that has ever been presented to the American people that is now being led by a guy that hides in his basement bunker, the invisible ghost of a candidate that is Joe Biden. And what's at stake? You know, what made America great? Do we really remember? Because I have a whole chapter on it to remind us, you know, the the history of failure, which is socialism, because what that's what they're advancing. I, I, I have forgotten more than I remembered. And as I research, live free or die. Then it's, okay, what's the Democratic 2020 agenda? It's, it's all the agenda items that we know will fail. And you don't need to be a math genius at MIT to figure that out. And then, of course, the, the Democratic hypocrisy, the media complicity uh, in all of their detail. And, and what is at stake? I would argue America, if they're elected, and I'm arguing this in Live Free or Die, would become unrecognizable. You can see now that, that even simple things like safety and security are on the ballot, whether we should have a police department. I never thought that would be on the ballot. I never thought that, you know, it, it shouldn't be complicated that every child should have the right to live in a community and be and feel safe at all times and not have to be worried about being shot when they're visiting their grandmother in the backyard and having a 4th of July barbecue. That happened this weekend. There's all the other kids that were shot and killed this weekend and all the adults shot and killed this weekend and all the other 
Americans shot that are fighting for their lives as as we broadcast today. That's all on the ballot. You want sanctuary cities and states and amnesty? That's on the ballot. Or do you want border security where 90 percent of America's heroin crosses our southern border, where most of the fentanyl coming into this country, killing people, crosses that southern border? We have a right to protect our borders. We have a right to decide who comes into the country and who does not. We have a right to a background check. We have a right to a health check. We have a right to, you know, get a guarantee that you're not going to be a financial burden on the American people. And also that you're not taking away uh, jobs from Americans that desperately need them right now. That's on the ballot. Who will sit on the Supreme Court that will impact this country for generations? That's on the ballot. Joe Biden wants higher taxes. He wants to transform the country, whatever that means. That's on the ballot. You know, trade deals, you know, you want tough negotiations that end up creating American jobs or not and, and give us more money and help our farmers and help our energy sector. Energy is also on the ballot. You know, all the, do you want a, a foreign policy of appeasement that rewards mullahs in Iran that chant death to America with $150 billion in cash and other currency? Or do you want peace through strength? as defined by beating back the caliphate that Biden Obama could never do. Trump got it done or taking out Baghdadi and associates or taking out Soleimani or taking out the Al Qaeda leader in Yemen that Trump got done. You know, all of this is on the ballot in 120 days. These are not the issues that the mob and the media want you to focus on decades of, of liberal democratic you know, support and praise for known segregationists, even a former Klansman. And we're supposed to ignore that and listen to them as, as this debate wages over sandblasting Mount Rushmore. They don't have standing on these issues as far as I'm concerned. As a matter of fact, they, if we had a fair and balanced media, then, and by the way, can you imagine if they have to in 120 days utter the words we can now project Donald J. Trump has been reelected president? Everything that is in play here. We've laid out and live free or die. And I don't it's not hyperbole when I say America and the world is on the brink because it is in Latin. I say in the cover of the book, live free or America dies, because I believe the American that we knew, the America that created more wealth, more prosperity, that has advanced the human condition, that has saved the world from more evil will no longer exist. If this agenda is ever implemented, the country will become unrecognizable. And the freedom and the liberty that we once took for granted will slowly erode in the name of safety and security and everything being free and free and free. It's not there's nothing free. Simple math tells you you can't pay in 10 years, 94 trillion dollars for a Green New Deal and offer everybody everything's going to be free. But you get rid of the lifeblood of the world's economy, oil and gas, which under Trump, we became energy independent for the first time. In 75 years, we became the world's largest producer of energy in 75 years. We're going to go backwards and, and get rid of the, you know, combustion engine, internal combustion engine. Really? It's a bad idea. But that's what they want. That's what they'll do. You want judicial activism? You'll get it on a level you've never seen before with Joe Biden. You have 125 years combined experience, Biden, Pelosi and Schumer. That's on the ballot. America and uh, of course, there's no perfect country. But there's never been a greater country. And there's a reason that people are willing to leave behind their family and their friends and their home and the life that they knew and and walk for days and days and days and pay every penny they have to smugglers to get them into America because this is the land of hope and opportunity. 
There's a reason people want to leave other countries, because they've tried that which the Democrats in some form or fashion are advancing in this election. That's on the ballot. Anyway, all of it's on Hannity.com, Amazon.com. It's all in your power in 120 days. Um, This friend has lost, this show has lost a dear friend of the program. Um, Country music rock star, superstar, Hall of Fame member Charlie Daniels has passed on. Heaven is now taken on an angel today. Um, He died, it was rather suddenly, uh, at Summit Medical Center in, in Tennessee. Um, he had a stroke. He's 83 years old. We've gotten to know Charlie so, so well over the years. He's a dear friend. He was a great patriot, outspoken. To me, he was a mentor. He, he made dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of trips to, to honor and provide some entertainment and hope for our troops abroad his entire career. Um, I had the pleasure of going on a Freedom Concert tour with him, and, and we did raise a lot of money that has been used as a as the Freedom Alliance charity to provide scholarships for the soldiers, uh, for the children of slain soldiers in Iraq and Afghanistan or the severely injured. And, and he did it with a graciousness and a love of our military and, and the country that is uh, unprecedented. He's somebody that can never be replaced. Gave his time, he gave his talent to so many charitable organizations. The Journey Home Project, he founded that in 2014. And uh, that helps veterans of the United States Armed Forces. Anyway, we're going to miss our friend Charlie. You know, one of the one of the greatest memories of my life is getting on stage with him and and singing "The Devil Went Down to Georgia" with him. Well, let's say I ruined the devil that went down to Georgia, but we had so much fun. He was a patriot. He loved freedom. He loved fun. He loved football. He loved God. He loved his family. He loved this country with all his heart, and he served his fellow man. And heaven received an angel today, and our hearts are broken. I just want to reach out to all of his friends and, and family, of course, and his many, many fans, those of you that were out on the road with us throughout those concert years, and he was there at many of them. Just an amazing man. And um, it was reflected in his music, and it's reflected in how he lived his life. By definition, I mean, great and faithful servant. I tell you what I'm going to do, Sean Hannity. Yes, sir. Since you just made my mind up for me. Since you're picking the Pats, yeah, I'm going to go with the Hawks. You're going okay. with the Hawks. I, it's always what, what. Well, I just thought before we get into the business of, of Mr. Daniels, the legend here. Well, in his I was going to introduce my buddy, my friend, my pal, the great patriot, the great football fan, the, the one of the greatest country we artists. We only have a in half an hour. It's only a half an hour. Charlie Sean. Daniels is here. I love what I do. Mm-hmm. And when you love what you do, you don't mind going to work. You hear people say, I hate to go to work. I never hate to go to work. I always look forward to it. I don't do politics on stage. I mean, people buy tickets to hear be entertained. And that's what I do. But on, I mean, other than playing the songs that I believe in. But if somebody has my opinion about something, I'm going to state it. And everybody should. This would be a totally, completely different country if everybody would just express their opinions and not some piece of stuff they've heard somebody repeat. I, how much stuff do you get in your email? That is nothing but just a rewrite of, of phrases and things. You know, people <laughs> Cliches, say things. yeah. They don't even, and if you found that the word racist and the word uh, the word bigot and the word uh, fascist don't mean anything anymore because it's used by people who have no idea what it means. Friend, you've been a good friend. Thank you. So have you. God bless you, Charlie Daniels. When the devil finished, Johnny said, Well, you're pretty good, old son. But sit down in that chair right there and let me show you how it's done. Bye.
mountain run, boys run. The devil's in the house of the rising sun. Chicken in the bread pan, picking out dough. Granny, there's a dog back, no child knows. The devil bowed his head because he knew that he'd been beat And he laid that golden fiddle on the ground at Johnny's feet Johnny said, devil, just come on back if you ever want to try again Cause I told you once, you son of a gun, I'm the best as ever been He played fire on the mountain, run, boys, run Devil's in the house of the rising sun But you can in the bread pan, picking out dough Granny, will you dog bite, no child, no Charlie Daniels, Godspeed. We'll never forget you, my friend. Godspeed, Charlie Daniels. Our prayers are with your family, your friends, and fans. All right, as we roll along, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. To the phones we go. Let's say hi to big-time A.J. Houston, Texas. What's going on, A.J.? Big-time Sean Hannity. Hey, Happy Independence Day to everybody there and around the world, because for the United States of America is the place to be. Hey, I got a message for the fake Black Lives Matter. All lives matter. God created us all equal. And you know, this is what we're watching in this country. The people need to get and tell them governors and mayors to grow a backbone and back our police department and Get this crap out of our cities. We got young kids dead, old people dead. I mean, Detroit, Chicago, Baltimore, all of them ran by Democrats. They come in the blacks' neighborhood, and they bamboozle them and get their votes, and then they run out and get rich and leave them in chaos. You know, and the fake news ain't telling nobody about it. You know, I'm trying to be nice, John. I'm, I know I want to do some cussing and fussing. I'm so mad right now, I can't see straight. But the thing of it is, these governors and mayors, people, get them out of your office in your cities because we see now that they don't mean you no good. They sitting back letting your kids die, letting it, the neighborhoods burn. They let the white liberals, you know what I mean by them, white liberal Democrats, they burning it. I'm watching burning the place down, and the black people ain't got nowhere to go, and they go back to their neighborhoods. I watched Detroit burn down in 67. It was a nightmare. And now we sitting back and they letting them do this again. And another thing, you know, I ramble, where are the Republicans at? Where are they out speaking at on this? We need them. If you're going to run to get them Democrats and turn them liberal cities red, you need to be out on social media, on TV when you can, because I know CNN them won't cover it. Get out and get and help Trump. Trump got his neck on the line every five seconds. 
And I don't hear nothing but a, but a few of the Republicans out there helping the man out. I mean, do these Republicans want this to change as well? Get out there. We out there. You out there. Russ, Joe, all of us. And they're not saying a word, Sean. This is a joke we watching. We got to win in November. The House, the Senate, and the White House. And the anarchy will stop if we do that. You know, I can't. It will stop. It has to stop. It must stop when, you know, we, we've got to reclaim America's cities. We got to reclaim our national treasure, you know, and I will tell you those that have failed have failed spectacularly and there's no excuse for it because we know we can do better. We've done better. You focus on, on, on high crime areas. You do it with strategic policing. You do it with trained police officers. You do it with a good 99% of police officers. They'll, they'll risk their lives but then, you know, you got to understand that it's it's never easy to arrest a criminal ever. But we can do it just like we can fix our educational system. Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. All right. The battle Democrats, no standing as it comes to memorials. We'll explain in detail. The mob won't tell you. Uh, we'll have the latest in the violence that Democratic cities and states uh, refuse to stop. Uh, we'll check in tonight with Mark Meadows, chief of staff of the president, Senator John Kennedy. Also, Governor Huckabee, Geraldo, Tammy Bruce, Leo Terrell, Dan Bongino, much more. 9 Eastern, Hannity, Fox, set your DVR. We'll see you tonight. Back here tomorrow. Thanks for being with us.